Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Gonna look at some classic all-time outlaw comics today. Before we do, I want to remind everybody that we have started a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Levels for everybody, including the King Kayfaber level. If you're a King Kayfaber, you get to watch us record these sessions live. You get to uh, interact with us, add to the conversation, prep us for uh, interviews, uh, all that good stuff. So check that out. There's a level that I'm sure will suit you perfectly. And have no fear. If you're not part of the Patreon, you will still receive Cartoonist Kayfabe videos every day, brand new videos here on YouTube. The other way to support the channel, we are working cartoonists. Pick up our books, add them to your collection. Ed's books, Red Room, two volumes available now, third volume coming very soon. Pre-order that one. X-Men Grand Design, Hip Hop Family Tree, and WYSIWYG also available from Ed Piscor. You can pre-order Hulk Grand Design from me, Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, Street Angel Princess of Poverty, and Plain Janes are the rest of my books that are out right now. So pick those up and add them to your collection if you haven't done so already, and we will be grateful. So today, Ed, we are going to look at two amazing Outlaw comics. A very quick, uh, we have gone through Caliber Presents number one in the past, but just a quick rehash. This, uh, is, this is the Holy Grail. Indeed. This is the Holy Grail, and you get there by having sort of primo works from the Outlaw Comics masters. Got a Tim Vigil. Uh, maybe it's just Tim Vigil. Maybe Tim Tyler did the inking on this one also, because he, he inks the, the uh, interior Cuda or Coda or whatever. Look at how raw they are, man. They got black type over top of black inking. <laughs> that mature audience isn't gonna isn't very effective. It looks like a mistake. <laughs> but then when you crack the credits, you got the first appearance of Crow by James O'Barr. Uh, you got this is where we usually get some comments about look how they're handling that book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this. At, hey, shouts to Duncan, man. I got this for a quarter. Oh, sweet. In the in the in the bins at, at Duncan, but you got Tim Vigil, Tim Tyler, two dark princes of uh, Outlaw Comics, Barbed Wire Halo Studios, this IO comic, that is James O'Barr, Vince Locke, and Guy Davis collaborating on, on, a, on a strip. Uh, if you don't got the funds to go find you a Caliber Presents One, you could get those James O'Barr comics but from, I think, North Star? Uh, Original Sins, maybe, is where uh, you could find that. And it's not too expensive. Yeah. There it is. Unbelievable. Man. This is like your your start of the crow. You know, like like just random. You know, talk about picking up like a random book and probably falling in love. Like, a mat, you know, we look at a million of these kinds of books. You come across this stuff, it leaves a mark. It's something that stylistically you haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, you don't know that it's going to go on to be what the crow has gone on to be. 1989. But you can definitely, uh, you know, when something shows up that is original and different, it will pop. Look at the giant eyeballs and stuff, man. Yeah. I'm yeah, such yeah. a fan of that, that, he, that he, kind of panel. He, uh, through DMs and shit, he, he described that, like, when, when um, Eclipse started putting out mangas, Appleseed and shit, transformative. Like, so he wanted those big expressive eyeballs. Uh, this is a sick one. You got Vince Locke. Uh, he's. It says he's he's uh, he's inking over top of Bloodworth. But when Vince Locke is inking, it's it's like when Sikevich inks. Yeah. You know, kind of becomes his thing, man. Like the stuff he did. He turned Guy Davis to an outlaw artist. But, <laughs> but this is a story of like uh, a pimp basically testing a chick. Like he sends a John up to to her loft, and the John his whole job is to try to get her off the track, and she stays on the track. And so the pimp's like, all right, I got a good hooker. Pretty dark. <laughs> This is like, you know, the outlier in as much as like we, we breezed through that one. I was doing a quick Google on the creator because he has a piece in, in uh, issue two and uh, he has 10 comics under his belt, like in and out of the game real quick. Uh, Mark Bloodworth, I consider an outlaw comics artist, man. Uh, Night Streets, 
That's a cool splash. From page. Arrow Comics was was one of the um, comics that I got real early from my uncle from from his flea market purchases. He would just grab comics and he just completely agnostic like just if i see comics that look kind of cool i'll grab them i'll read them that's a really good like that's my favorite kind of reader yeah and you don't there aren't that many comic readers like that i no. feel like you're usually an oddball maybe you're a maker so you're interested in, in seeing some technique on the page you know in black and whites and, and different styles but for a reader like man i, I commend a reader that, that has that kind of adventurous uh reading yeah so this is the uh barbed wire halo studio stuff man this is uh james obar guy davis you could see guy davis in there somewhere uh, one guy does the tones, one guy does like uh, lettering and inking. Uh, it looks like James O'Barr's putting down the uh, initial stuff because that's like James O'Barr faces. Yeah, even the uh, like some of the heavy brush ink reminds me, makes me think James O'Barr. Yeah. Man, it's wild stuff. Yeah, I think this character's name is Danzig. <laughs> it's a shame that, uh, you know, a book like this doesn't go on to get the 200 page full on. You Which know, a couple years worth of these guys working together. It was amazing. it was supposed to like like you could just breeze through the rest because we do have a video about this man. I just wanted to give a quick glance, but but in the back there's uh, uh, the plans of like what's coming. Maybe keep going. Um, all right, last page. Dead World is going to be coming out. So this is like the the further issues, and we'll be taking a look at issue two. But somewhere in here they're talking about an IO graphic novel that's like x amount of pages and that just has never come out yeah the barbed wire halo guys just did not uh put that together that's wild because it says it'll be shipping in april or may i don't know when this is but i mean like it's not like two years from now or you know it, it seems like it must have been on its way or at least they they expected to uh you know finish this thing up so yeah it's a bummer not to get that because that is a uh, quite a collection of creators so this is the holy grail but we'll be taking a look at a crown jewel of Outlaw Comics. And, and, the, and the way you get there is if you got four Dark Princes of Outlaw Comics in between the same covers, then you have a crown jewel. And it starts off, you got James O'Brien on the cover. If you just even flip, flip the back, yeah. you got Dead World Vince Locke on the back in this issue. So we got a King Zombie story. Nice to see a, uh, a little blown up Vince Locke artwork. Too. Yeah. And right off the bat, we start with the James O'Barr story here with Gideon. Doesn't it feel cyberpunk, this character? It does. A lot of his work kind of does. Yeah. He has that one that we looked at with, uh, like, the Wiley e. Coyote car yeah. comic. It feels like you could you could put that one into a cyberpunk category pretty easily. Kyle Garrett is, um, I guess, credited as the story for this. So I don't know exactly what that means. And then Randy Zimmerman doing lettering. So it's not 100% James O'Barr on the page. But man, it feels pretty good. Yeah, for sure. And Zimmerman would, would letter these other guys. Uh, he did some lettering in that first book. Uh, the story is, you got this character. like, And Gideon's, by the way, Gideon's pawn shop shows up again in Crow. Mm -hmm. Like, it's in the movie, you know? Like, it's a, it's a different deal. So, like, this Gideon's, it's like a monkey paw kind of, kind of story. You go to this pawn shop and you could get your heart's desire and they, and they will concoct it up for you. This, this guy with the wild hair... He's a uh, he's a 200 year old vampire that's stuck in the body of a of a kid. It's like what was that uh, Catherine Bigelow flick? Uh, Near Dark, where they never say the V word, but they're clearly vampires. Yes. And and one of them is a kid who's like 200 years old, and you know would would like to know what it's like to grow up and maybe hit puberty one day. Yeah. So Gideon apparently maybe you can buy more than just pawned items in this in this shop. He wants to make a deal where uh, he can go back to being 
mortal and age a few years, yeah. and then come back to being immortal. Gideon doesn't believe if that uh, our vampire guy is anything, man. It's all, it's all talk. So the guy talks about, like, you know, I was here, I was there, pulls off his fucking ear, and, and plops it down on the table. <laughs> and With then, a little bit of, uh, now you can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Gideon is, is thusly convinced that uh, we can, we can uh, do, do business. So one of the costs, one of his teeth. Yeah, a little vampire tooth. And you could imagine, like, if this was, like, an ongoing series, like, that, that vampire tooth might go into some other potion or something for somebody else. You know, you got to have a bunch of, like, rat tails and hair from the head of a witch and shit like that. It's a classic crime character, the guy who sort of gets things, sources things. You know, it's, it's, it's constantly, I'm, I'm doing a deal here, and then I've got some of this stuff that you need. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a staple. Yeah. And we see it, you know, gets, gets, his, uh, gets the potion and... Yeah, there's some lady in the back who uh, could, can make some stuff. And uh, so now the, the guy is mortal. You will be mortal for X amount of time. Go on, enjoy your life. Uh, it's working, it works. Leaves the joint and like a true monkey paw kind of story, gets run over by a truck as soon as he leaves the joint. Yes. Very nihilistic. Yeah, classic EC, uh, let's give a little O. Henry twist at the end. Right. You know, when people try to do EC stories, like, they always fail because you have to get the certain formula right. And bad things only happen to bad people. Except for, like, the vic the necessary straw man victim. But, like, the person who's the main person that has the O. Henry twist, they're never innocent. They always do something bad. Do you feel like this one did all right with the... Uh... The EC Comics formula? In a way, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, there's all, like, all that, like, war crimes and shit. Yeah, that, I was going to say, he's definitely shown to be a bad guy. That he was involved in. Yeah, it's just, like, it is missing elements, though. You can, you can breeze through this next strip, because it really doesn't fit our rubric of uh, e, of uh, Outlaw Comics. But but it, it still has some yeah, compelling imagery. Yeah, cool, man. It has its compelling moments. You know what it misses, I think, more than anything? Black ink. Yeah, yeah, black on the page. G give me some more shadow here. Give me some darkness around these guys. And just take a look at the two <laughs> dark princes of Outlaw Comics. Tim Vigil, Tim Tyler. Gotta be a young Tim Tyler. Inking here in the 80s. Maybe, fresh out of Kubert school. Or maybe still a student. Yeah, possibly. Lots of stuff on the page. And this is one of those strips where, like, down to the lettering, they're trying to be interesting. This is so ridiculous, these eyeballs that double as boobs. Right. And and carry out, that's, you know? That's a, uh, I feel like that's a Tim Vigil staple. Yeah, that does not, I don't think that's an accident in any way. I think Avatar put out a CUDA trade paperback that has all the... Um, they definitely put out some CUDA. I don't know if it's new stuff, old stuff, all stuff, I don't know. Dude, one of the first quote-unquote graphic novels that uh, Caliber puts out is, like, Andy from Mayberry on steroids <laughs> that's funny i feel like i have fugitive which it looks like that's what this is from makes me want to dig it back out because that's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> boom how about this the doom patrol yeah a dead world tale and it's uh it's written in it's everything by vince Locke. yes even writing so it's kind of cool to see vince Locke. this is maybe i don't know a couple of years into dead world and into vince Locke's career so you're getting a uh 
somewhat mature, very confident Vince Locke in some of these zombie designs, like that forearm zombie monster is very cool. You won't forget this, man. He takes stats from that image and just continues to blow them up. And, and it creates such a tone. Like this guy, you have no idea how long he is freaking observing his prey. Some nice grayscale too, especially like in this woods where he's whiting out stuff to bring in rays of sunshine coming through the leaves. Very cool. This manga line like stuff is something I don't associate with Vince Locke. Yeah. And you know, we've looked through like two issues of this now. It's the only place that I've seen this kind of effect. And you'd mentioned, you know, with the um, the Barbar Studios guys like looking at that early manga. James O'Barr for sure. You're so seeing like, it right here. Yeah. Cause where else is this coming from? Totally. And our King Zombie was one of those breakout characters, a smart zombie. One of the first, maybe the first smart zombie in uh, like zombie pop culture and terrifying yeah. as a result. And these things are almost like his dogs or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just uncanny kind of imagery, man. And in King Zombie, like, so he gets a hold of a guy and the guy is a rat. Like the guy is totally narking out uh, his, his fellow man. And is begging like, listen, please, like, don't, don't kill, I don't kill me. I want to be one of you. Mm -hmm. Hook me up. So fucking King Zombie snaps the dude's neck <laughs> and takes a ch chomp or whatever, and is like, all right, man, enjoy, enjoy being a zombie, but now, good luck because your your head your head ain't attached to your body anymore. Yeah. How does he yeah. put it in that last one? You'll have a hell of a time going about your zombie life with your head flopping about like a wet noodle. <laughs> so and you can see a little bit of the, the expression on that guy's face of like, <laughs> what have I done? Yeah. This is a bad deal. Any deal you're making with King Zombie is going to be a bad deal. But boy, look at the the inks for like the foliage behind him yeah. where it is just like dashed out brush lines and stuff for that. Same with the leather on like uh, King Zombie's outfit. Sure. Vince Locke, man, really good in black and white. little moon trap preview i guess a, an adaptation it's it's interesting that they got that deal you know like uh, caliber press of reasonably un untested uh talent you know an untested publisher but it's not like it's star wars you know it's some fucking walter koenig sci-fi movie this is 1989 yeah how much does this remind you of dark horse aliens that sure. Nelson version, because that would have been about the same time period, yeah. 88, 89. And you almost see even the aesthetic is, is similar where you're getting the gray, you know, the various screens and stuff to kind of add that gray to it. This this whole enterprise, like Caliber Presents is, you know, want to be Dark Horse Presents. And, you know, you take the talent pool that you have and get them all in, in one book. Um, Man, I always love these old caliber comics whenever you come across like the Baker Street ad. Detroit Motor City Comics. Like Outlaw Comics could be called something else and it could be all Detroit related because what a talent pool. And this is that that earlier kind of Guy Davis that like you can get that that Baker Street graphic novel if you can't find all the issues. And once Vince Locke gets his hands on Guy Davis art, it turns into Outlaw Comics. We should look through the, uh, the Baker Street series at some point to watch Guy Davis become Guy Davis. Right. Because in the beginning, it's 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 something. And it's by almost, the end, yeah. it's Guy Davis. Yeah, it's almost uh, American manga looking yeah. style. And then I, I really think it's the Vince Locke influence because he, he carried some of those ticks over to like Sandman Mystery Theater and shit. Mm -hmm. Unless Vince Locke was inking him there too. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think at that point, it's all Guy Davis. But it's just interesting to see him 
he's so good. Yeah, within you know, 200 by, by, pages. By the end of that, he is phenomenal. Totally. Um, and you'll see it really show up. Like, yeah. there'll be panels that are great early on, and then by the end, it's like every page is just just banging. This Dead World graphic novel, probably my first Dead World, and possibly my first, like, uh, something I was getting special from a comic book store. There was, like, a tiny comic book store that opened briefly, and I was able to, like, pre-order stuff a little bit, and I would see things like the Dead World collection and be like, oh, the first seven issues? Because there's zero chance I was getting those. Right. You know, I wasn't going to find them anywhere, not at the flea market anywhere, anyway. And so whenever something like that would show up, it was such, like, manna from heaven or something that it's like, oh, man, I get this thing that didn't even think was possible young jim calafiori bumped into him and uh the the baltimore this year yeah i don't know this comic but but like there's that camelot something or other or maybe it's just called camelot from caliber that's another one of my comics from my uncle that like he just grabbed comics and passed passed them on uh he's very rough he's rougher than this i i would imagine like looking at that piece of art it's way more sound than uh, the Camelot stuff. So I, I have to imagine that, that Camelot thing is earlier than, than it's this. so ambitious whenever you're starting out to do, you know, like like an 88-page square-bound graphic novel to do a miniseries. To do a whole issue is just like, you know, you might be able to draw like one nice picture, but to put that together for 20 or 30 pages. It was considered a joke. Like, like in all of the um, how-tos and like writers... Uh, doing like their little thesis on like how to get into comics like it would always be a joke Oh, don't think that you're gonna be doing like a 500 page graphic novel to start like you got to start small and maybe in anthologies and now it's just like nah, dude You better disappear for five years and, and make your uh, 500 pager if you want to make some noise Yeah, I always feel bad for like a young cartoonist that that's what you're saddled with now. Yeah, because like how much do you change in your first two years you know to try to be um consistent like that just seems impossible hey it says caliber coming in caliber presents i assume issue three they have another io listed and uh i don't know if that's in there or not but i would love to see some more io there's out there yeah there's two ios and like i said uh they're all published in uh that original sins comic from north star or the one that's called like james obar comics Mm -hmm. there's there's like two solo james obar comics yeah, Pink Dust. Yeah, has, has some stuff, um, and so I think the other one is in there, and that's and that's all we get. I think uh, he said that like there's a bunch of unfinished pages that uh, he be has curious to even have. see those. Totally, know, what kind of state they're in and how much they're getting passed around. So here's the question to the K favors, man. Uh, you know the rules. Uh, Crown Jewel of Outlaw Comics requires uh, four Dark Princes of Outlaw Comics to 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 be within the the, the same the same covers. Uh, name a couple. Like, is there a crown jewel in the North Star Splatter series or <laughs> any any of, of those kinds of books? Man, is there a Blackthorn comic out there? Is there an Avatar comic? Is there a great Dark Horse Presents issue sure. that's, that's loaded up with, uh, with, with this kind of talent? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious to see those kind of answers. Um, it's interesting, man. All these publishers up to, like, even the late 90s, would have some kind of anthology of this sort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's you, you got to road t- test your rookies, and if you're lucky, man, you got a breakout. Like, Crow Crow hit the ground running really, really fast, man. We're gonna have to look at some of these uh, some of these kinds of anthologies because I, 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 I do think there's some good stuff out there, and who knows, maybe some ideas for uh, future projects from us. Yeah, that's true, man. You good to go, Jimmy? Yeah. Okay, Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available, and gotta let you know that we have a Patreon going on 
right now. I saw a couple of copies of uh, that Caliber Presents number two floating around on eBay, and they're probably gone right now, man, because the King K Fabers who are watching right now, if they want it, they're scooping it up. But, Jimmy, tell the people what you have out there, man, to help uh, keep these vids coming. All right, man. My books, Hulk Grand Design, Street Angel Princess of Poverty, Street Angel Deadly Scroll Live, and Plain Janes, books that you can add to your shelf, help support the channel, help support my practice. You can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics. You can see a lot more of my art and you can see what I'm working on next. Red Room Crypto Killers issue one is being solicited in shops right now. That means we got a new four issue run of Red Room Comics for 2023 and there are two collections of the previous runs. Uh, the Anti-Social Network trade paperback and Red Room Trigger Warnings are out there in the wild right now. All stories completely self-contained. I'm serializing the new Red Room stuff on my Patreon. Three bucks get you the archive there. It's a 10 year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree. Three volumes of X-Men Grand Design are out in the wild and you'll find the occasional WYSIWYG if you look hard enough. Jimmy, tell the people what else we have going on. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, stickers, fanny packs, mugs, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also below this video. Great way to keep the channel rocking, man. Give them those marching orders, Jim. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.